Hello and welcome to the RevOps Show. There's a concept that we've recently discovered that was developed by strategist and U.S. Air Force Colonel John Boyd called OODA Loop. And no, it is not a type of serial. This concept is designed to function as the foundation of rational thinking in confusing or chaotic times and is a four-step process for making effective decisions in those situations. Today's episode is all about what OODA Loop stands for, the different aspects of it, and how we can apply this framework to business and RevOps. So with that, let's get into it. Jess, Jess, Jess. Doug, 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 Doug. Well, I got four back. Oh, did you? Okay. I gave three and you gave me four count. back. That's that's a good return. That's 33% return. Big that week is- this week. Big, big week this week. Two RevOps shows. Not even about that. Like, I'm not even thinking about the RevOps show. By the way, RevOps shows back how, to back. How are you not thinking about it? I know. RevOps show back to back because Jess had a week. Jess had a, Jess had a so rough did, so first did, half so of the week. So did Doug. So did Doug. Fairness. So did Doug. Calendar to but, calendar. <laughs> but, oh, is that what we want to do? No. I, I will play. take I, the challenge. I don't want to play this game. I really I don't. I will take the challenge. No one wins. No one wins in that game. Just the, the thing is, this is how big this week is. Is that like, I want to rumble. This is a big week. I want to rumble. I told you you were going to win. I can't believe I won. I mean, I can. My like, I was gearing up ahead of time, and it was hilarious that so we we do rumbles internally. We do huddle uh, debates internally. We call them rumbles, and it got keyed up as like. Are too like calm, cool, collected, and I was like, "Oh, she doesn't know what's I, about to happen." <laughs> I, I kind of understood that when with relation to Sammy, but uh, yeah, she definitely doesn't get you. No, that's okay though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there, there might like there's one person that's more competitive here than you are. It's you. Yeah. 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 I mean, that I, I'm I'm not going to bring up axe throwing. We're not going to talk about axe throwing. <laughs> but, but just not about the rumble, not about back-to-back RevOps. So that's how big this week is. Is I'm not even thinking about that because it's so big. Okay, so why is this such a big week? Lift fantasy football. Uh-oh. Head-to-head matchup. It starts tonight. Tonight's Thursday night football. I know. East Street you know Shufflers what? versus the Backstreet so, Boys. I was so the da, it's the Dak Street Dak Street Boys. Boys. Sorry, Dak Street Boys. The Dak Street Boys. I, that's what I meant. That's what it's I was a, thinking. It's a head. good pun, and you're messing it up. Um, As I, I, I admit, <laughs> hey, East Street Shufflers ain't bad either. No, it's great. It's great. You know, I was on a high. I was celebrating a win, and now you want to try to take the wind out of my sails. <laughs> Wait, which? Oh, the Rumble win. The Rumble win. In. In fairness, Jess, we were supposed to record this on Tuesday, so we I had this all queued up for Tuesday. I'm, I'm sorry. You're you're right. You're right. But we're recording Cause, on Thursday. Because it's been two weeks since you won in fantasy football. It's been one week. I did not win last week, so it's right. been one Even week though you since didn't know I won. That. Even though you didn't know that. I was up until the last game. It's <laughs> the problem. I was winning. <laughs> And I didn't check it on Monday. Are you, I made the mistake of not checking it on Are you it saying Monday. it was fixed? That you were ahead, it, but you ended behind, so, it, so it's it was fixed? fixed. It was fixed. It was rigged. It was rigged. It was rigged? Yeah. It was a rigged fantasy football game. It was. 
It was. I was I was in the ten spot though, and I'm 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 number six now. So so I'm 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 tracking upwards still. You're in the ten spot. I was I was in the ten seed at the beginning of it. Now I'm I, now I'm. Oh, six. that's that stupid projecting the final standings, which is just. <laughs> Don't be salty because you went. You've gone down. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. It comes down to this: who wins the last game? Who wins the last? Okay. Well, That's the only thing that, right? Because you know why? Because if you're not first, you're last, Ricky if Bobby. You're not first, you're last. Yep. If you're not Knew first, it. you're last. Knew it. <laughs> so I, I watched. I watched uh, the Legend of Ricky Bobby on my flight back from Houston. <laughs> of course you did. I haven't seen that movie in like five I, years. I was. I was so exhausted. I wasn't feeling well. Yep. <clears throat> didn't like. I had no energy to do any work. So I didn't pay for internet. I had a set of free movies to watch. And because I was tired and not feeling well, I knew I wasn't going to pay 100% attention to anything. And what what's the perfect movie to take up a bunch of time on a flight, on a full flight, where you're exhausted? I mean, Clearly. Talladega Nights fix that bill. Yeah. Talladega Nights fix that bill. But my, my, what, one of my favorite scenes from there was... Uh, that, I, that I'd forgotten was when Ricky was, you know, when his dad came back to help him get his confidence back, et cetera. He's like, well, Dick, cause you know, if, I, if you're not first, you're last. And you know, you taught me that he's like, what are you talking about? There's second. You could be second. You could be third. Hell, you could even be fourth or fifth. <laughs> I was like, Oh, uh, so, so Jess, let's move away from Talladega Nights. Let's move away from, uh, are we going to, are we going to have a side bet? Is there a side bet? A side bet for our for our game? Yeah. What's the bet? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we're recording tomorrow, so we'll try to come up with a side bet. We'll come up with a side, side bet for the for the next episode. Yeah, I'll think about it. So I have a quiz. I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, the question is: You're you're a fan of West Wing of the West Wing, correct? I am a fan of the West Wing. Right. Bartlett is um, my president. Yeah. So who is? the best character on the West Wing in, oh. in the entire series. Who is the best character? I mean, oh, I don't even think there's so a close second. By the way. I think this is so clear. There's such a clear and distinct winner. So, there is no second. so I love CJ Craig. She's great, but she's nowhere near the best character. Nowhere near. When you say best, what do you mean? Best? Like, what do you mean by best? Like most most first. noble first because if you're not first you're last. I mean best like the best like the the best character. The best character. Uh, yeah. Are you on Leo? Nope. I like Leo, but nope. I'm just gonna list all the characters now. Sam. Nope. <laughs> I don't know who he, who. Oliver Babish. Oh, is Oliver? Wait, who's Oliver Babish? He's the lawyer. Okay, the, so it he's is the counsel for. Um, it is when, Oliver when the, Platt. It is, it is Oliver Platt. Platt. Yes. Okay, so I was I, I was like that's Oliver Platt, and then I thought I'm confusing two Olivers. So Oliver Platt. Okay. The, the character is Oliver Babish. The actor right. is Oliver Platt. Yes. Yes. You didn't say. Well, I'm my, I'm a big fan of Allison Janney. You said C.J. Craig. Accurate. Yeah. So I, I just, said Oliver I just Babish. thought I was getting confused in my head. Yes, Oliver Babish. Okay. Why is he the best? Because he's the. I, re, He's the best character. But why? 
Why do you say that? Seriously, you don't I know? mean, I love Oliver Babish, but why? Why are you <laughs> Well, well, first off, the opening scene where he's supposed to speak at the um whatever legal conference in like Bora Bora summit, which isn't where it was, but right. and then he talks about the fact that I need a new dictaphone. Now, I need a dictaphone. I'm like, well, you have one. It's like, it's broken. It's like, what's wrong with it? It's stuck on record, which is, you know, not a yeah. particularly good thing you want to have lying around the white house. And then <laughs> Leo and, and, um, and they make fun of his big hammer, right. right? His gavel. And then Leo and, and, uh, <clears throat> and Bartlett come in and they explain what's going on. And you see his face go blank and he picks up the hammer and just whacks oh, the hell out right. of the dictaphone. Yeah. 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 And every person that comes in and, and is being a smart ass with them, he's like, you know, you do not entertain me. Like there's no right. one that is as sardonic and straight face. I mean, Oliver, I mean, I love Oliver Platt. Like oh, I, I can't think I of a single thing. That, that... Same, same, but yeah. Now, you know who the other character that I, that I really who? liked in it as well? Who? Adam Arkin. Okay. I'm going to have to Google this. You're picking not series regulars. Um, oh, he's yeah, the counselor. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that was a good episode. That was a good. Oh, episode. so so. I've I've been so. I've been rewatching it. I think I watched that one last week. Right, he's, you know, Josh is. So what you 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 diagnosed me in eight hours? I I diagnosed Diagnose you in five minutes. Five minutes, yeah. <laughs> All righty, Jess. Enough so about I the West Wing. Oh, cool. I can't Let's wait go. to hear how you're going to connect Oliver Banish to our to our uh, to our topic today oh am i supposed to do that i thought that's where you were going <laughs> no i was just talking about the west oh wing. just you just want to talk i'm about rewatching the west, the west wing as well i need to, okay i need it i needed to watch something that can give me hope and possibility it's a good palate cleanser <laughs> so enough about the west wing jess what are we talking about today so there's a concept that came up that we have never talked about before i had never heard a of framework. it a framework a framework if you will yeah um, we're a flywheel. About... Is it a flywheel? It is a flywheel. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's a reinforcing. A it's a reinforcing yeah. the action yeah. leads to the object next observation. Fair, fair. Yeah. Literally full circle. Um, we were having some of our team struggling with things around client delivery, and and so. Hold on you... a second. Our team does not struggle around anything to do with client no. delivery. No. No. No, you must be confusing us with somebody else. Clearly, clearly. And so you talked about this concept of OODA loop, which I had never the heard OODA of. Loop. The OODA loop. And I wanted to talk about that today. So what, what would you like to talk about? What is an OODA loop, Doug? It's a framework for dealing with uncertain situations and in creating um, uncertain, complex situations creating greater stability, greater confidence, and ultimately building a learning organization. And what is a learning organization? It's an organization that leverages, it, it, it transforms individual learning into group learning, which, which, which provides a multiple, right? So rather than having, you know, in a, in a learning organization, as you add each additional person, you add a, a um, arithmetic progression on, on the learning of the organization, where, you know, far too often you have 20 people. So you don't have the multiple of learning. You have 20 individuals who are learning in parallel situations. 
And, and when you have that, um, and by the way, the UDA loop applies whether it's individual or, or, or group, but when you have individuals that are learning individually, you actually create greater conflict or whatever the opposite of alignment is. You, you, you generate greater misalignment versus alignment. And what does, so let's take a little bit of a step back. What does UDA, O-O-D-A stand for? Jess, I think that's the first time. You think that's the first time what? I, I think in 50 to 70% of the episodes that we have, uh-huh. I say, well, let's take, let, let's take a step back first. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is the first time that you got to say that to me. Write this it down, people. Write this the is an day, down. day for me. It is. Um, so UDA stands for, it's, it's, it's a four-step framework. It's a cycle. So a flywheel. Um, the first, so it's observe, orient, decide, act. Observe, orient, decide, act. It was, for those of you interested in trivia, it was coined in Bennett by a Air Force pilot, uh, Colonel John Boyd, um, okay. and, and has a dramatic impact on how they train fighter pilots. So so how... I how like to think of RevOps as the fighter pilots of go-to-market. Okay. I thought we were the Harvard of go-to-market. No, that's Lyft. <laughs> oh, that's Lyft. I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> Lyft is the Harvard of go-to-market. Uh, Although, so, aren't we better than Harvard? Isn't that what we settled? That's what. That's where we landed. That's where we landed. Um, great focus, just out of the gate here. <laughs> so, so how how do you take this concept of OODA loop and and apply it to? I said client delivery earlier, but really RevOps as a whole, and 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 how do you how do you take that and apply it to your day to day? So. I, I, I actually want to connect the dots to um, to a little bit about talking about client delivery and, and a little bit about talking about RevOps, um, and then we'll get into applying it on on day to day. You know, RevOps RevOps brings software, mm-hmm. not 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 digital software, but but software. Rev, RevOps brings an, an operating system to a dynamic, complex ecosystem, mm-hmm. and so it's it's beyond complicated, right? And, and there's a constant element of, of, of managing trade-offs. I mean, look, there are times where there's a right decision and there's a wrong decision. Um, candidly, you don't need RevOps for that, right? The reason that RevOps is important is for when there is no right decision or wrong decision. There are just choices. Um, <clears throat> and so being able to manage those choices, there, there's also an element of, you know, not only are there choices of, should we do this or that? If we do it this way, these are the good things, these are the bad things if we do it that way. But there's also just a general, is the juice worth the squeeze? And, and, and by the way, it's not just is the juice worth the squeeze, it's is the juice worth enough? Because I'm not just like, I mean, th- think about, like if we were to sit down and talk about and, and come up with what are 20 areas that, that we, you know, where we need to improve. And if we improve there, it would have a meaningful impact on revenue, cost, profitability, whatever you want to say. I don't think it would take us much time to come up with 20 opportunities with, mm-hmm. 20, with 20 areas to focus on. Right. But, but the question is, which one do we focus on? Which one do we focus on first? Be- because whatever we choose to focus on first changes everything after that. Um, so it's not, it's not even like, okay, well, here's our 20 initiatives. Let's just work through each 20 and just kind of check that off. Right. Right. So, so you're, by the way, in the middle of the initiative that you're working on, 
the inf- the entire environment of whatever you're working on changes. And, and, and so you've got to account for that as well. Now, add a multiple to this. So, so that's what RevOps is in a company. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges that we deal with is that we're, we're delivering RevOps stuff. Like I couldn't think of something better than that. To multiple companies, right? Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, you and I were talking about this the other day. In, in the vast majority of situations, especially when it comes to business, I mean, let, let, let's, let's not get all highfalutin about, I mean, we can talk about complicated and complex. Let, let, let's realize that the vast majority of businesses have a limited, like we're not, we're not decoding the genome. Right. But you do come across regularly, every day you come across unique situations. And, and I believe firmly that every business is unique, right? The, one of the reasons I believe that is that every individual is unique and all the businesses is a combination of unique individuals. So there's a multitude of unique, but what does unique mean? Unique means it's 80% the same, 20% different. And, and in the vast majority of cases, the 20% different isn't, isn't actually unique Mm -hmm. because there's an, there's a piece of that 20% that's present in other places as well. The 20% that's different is the combination of the 20%. Yeah. Or, or the relation of the 20%, right? So you're not, you're, you're, you're in a situation where it, it is both the same and it is different, right? And, and if you go in and you treat it as the same, well, you commoditize, you, 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 you lose traction. If you treat it as different, then you're, you can't scale. You can't manage anything, right? So finding that balance is, is, is what's so important. What, what, what I like about the OODA loop is it's very much of the sign. I mean, it, 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 it is a dynamic off-changing, complex, uncertain situation using, using everyday words of, of, um, of business people, of people mm-hmm. in business. But it's really just the scientific method. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Observe, hypothesize, experiment, learn, observe, um, observe, right? right? So, so it, 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 what it does is it creates a framework and a mindset to be more purposeful in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I read um, on on design, et cetera, on system design and things like that is is about Sully Sullenberg, right? Mm-hmm. And and for those of you that the name might sound familiar, or if you don't know who he is, Sullenberger was the pilot of the U.S. Air Flight that shortly after takeoff engines went out and he successfully landed on the Hudson river. The, the thing that was interesting about him was first off, he was, he was well known as a, as a scenario planner. He, he had for lack of a word, somewhat of an executive role of, of, you know, coming up with scenarios that would be used in training. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's interesting about, about flying an airplane, especially flying something like a, you know, passenger jet is, it kind of is the definition of monotonous. Yeah. And, and the way I heard a pilot explain it once is it's 99% abject boredom, 1% abject terror. Yeah. And, and, and so one of the really difficult things that, that, and it's one of the major causes of pilot error is how do you do something that is uneventful 99.98% of the time and not become passive. Right. And so one of the things that, that Sully did 
before every flight in addition to the checklist. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's why you do a checklist. That's why you yep. do a, you physically go through and announce the checklist is to not fall into that is, is he trained himself that one of his checklist items was to look for and find what was unique about this flight. Yeah. Right. So it kept him in a presence that mm-hmm. when this happened, you know, if, if you look at what he did and, and, and if you listen to the cockpit recordings, you'll see that he, he had already mastered a noodle loop. Yeah. Right. And so what that OODA loop does is it, 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 it enables you to go into a, a highly unfamiliar, high stake situation and maintain command, maintain um, a balance of sanity while also being able to, to adjust to a level of urgency. Because there's no question that he conducted a noodle loop, observed, oriented, decided, acted. And, and it's not like it took minutes or hours or days or months. It didn't lead to analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? But, but it was a very, very scientific method to deal with a situation that had never, by the way, not only had never happened, had never been considered before. Right. Right. Because the, the thing that was unique about that flight, there were, I, I think in the, in the pilot manual or whatever, there, there, there was like 12 pages on if both engines go out. Yep. Right. But the only scenarios of both engines going out were either at full altitude or on landing. There was no scenario for both engines going out on takeoff. Yeah, well, and what's what's interesting, and I I don't know how true this is because in the movie they they have several pilots go through and try to test the same situation because they're checking to see if he did the right thing, and none of them land the plane, like none of that, like so, like they were, I think they were trying to see could he get to Teterboro, could he have gone, could he have turned around and go, gone, and there was no scenario where you land. Oh, got you, got you at a at a at an airport because because they were trying to say that he was irresponsible for landing in the Hudson. And the reality was that that was the best scenario was to land where he landed. Like, so it's fascinating that he was able so to that's go through bullshit. that process. That's <laughs> bullshit. You want to know why? You want to know why that's bullshit? You know why what the definition of a good landing is? Uneventful? No. <laughs> where, no, where that's you a land, great landing. That's where you end up on the ground? <laughs> definition of a good landing is one you walk away from. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody on the plane walked away from it. Right. Correct. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Hundred percent. I'm curious. And I, I've not seen the movie, but in the movie, did did anyone successfully land on the Hudson? I don't remember if they tested that landing on the Hudson, but none of them, like they they were trying to say that he was liable, I guess, for damage to the aircraft or whatever, because he because he didn't land it. <laughs> I think that's what they were saying. I'm gonna bet there's a dr- dr- that that was part of the dramatization. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. Like I'm sure it was. But yeah, they they went through a whole scenario where they all tested, and nobody's able to land it. So. Anyway, um, so you were you were talking about uh, kind of applying this to RevOps. So how how would you how would this apply to client delivery? So I, I think this is probably true in everybody's job, but it's certainly true in RevOps. When does a day go by where something you've not seen before happens? <laughs> every day. Every day. Like every day. Not, not a day goes by where there's something yeah. that something new doesn't happen. Yeah. Not not a day goes by that something unexpected doesn't occur. Yeah. Right. Now, now here's a quiz question for you. 90% plus of the time, what should you do in those situations? Look for the similarities. 
The end point. What's the end? Oh, what's the end? Okay. Okay. Yeah. What should? No, 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 no. I'm oh, asking you, what should end? you do as what's the end? Like, what's the, what's the action? Um, define the problem. Nope. That, that's what you do before you get to the action. Okay. So once you. Nothing. The answer is nothing. Okay. Not at least nine times out of, nine times out of 10 or more. Oh, I got you. When okay. something happens unexpected, the proper yeah. response is don't do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. By the way, here, here, here's a, um, we had an integration all of a sudden one day started having API errors. Things weren't happening. Everyone started freaking out. Oh my God, what's wrong with this? Wait, wait. We did a quick observation. Nope. Everything seems to be working. We're not seeing, we don't know what's happening. Okay. Let's see, let, let's see what happens. 12 hours later, mm-hmm. the problem stopped and the problem hasn't come up again. Yeah. Right. There was a glitch in a system. There was a glitch. Yep. Right. When, when that unexpected thing happens, what's our immediate impulse? To fix it. Right. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we, we, we talked about this in, in, in another conversation. I've talked about it in terms of playing poker. You're in a sales situation and, and suddenly you have this really bad call, right? You have a bad conversation, conversation. Yeah. And what do you, oh my God, we got it. We got it. What, what yeah. do we do? Nine times out of 10, don't yeah. do anything because nothing's changed. So, so how do you train yourself when, when now remember humans were, were, were programmed to identify difference. That's okay. what our reptilian brain is 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 focused on. That's an awful weird grin. I love when you talk about the reptilian brain. Right? I knew we were going to get there. But but that's what we do. Like we're yeah. we're cuz when everything's the same, that's the okay, la yeah, right. Oh, something just moved. What's going on? Right. Right? Yeah. And when when you see something different, what what's the next what's the next thing that happens in your body? Adrenaline. You know what else? You know what comes right after the adrenaline? Cortisone. Okay, cortisone. There we go. Yeah. You know what cortisone does? Restricts your blood vessels. Yeah. Everything gets tight. Yep. Heart rate goes up. Yep. You know what? You know what turns off? Your your uh, common sense. <laughs> yeah, your ability to think. Yeah. Right. The frontal the frontal lobe gets like boom. That's not important. Right. Yep. Remember, all our reptilian brain knows is life or death, danger or pleasure. Right. I'm getting laid or I'm getting shot. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. I mean. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, you're right. Yeah. So now, by the way, imagine you're up in the air. You're trying to shoot down a plane. It's trying to shoot down you. Whew. Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm not sure I'd be comfortable just flying the plane, let alone. Right. We get really stupid when we're under pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. We lose all context. We get myopic. Mm-hmm. We lose, we lose our positioning. That's why the first thing we need to do is we need to observe what's going on. Yeah. What's really happening here? Yep. But what's the context? What's the, what's the broader side? And, and, and here's the thing that we have to do. We have to observe. We're not judging. Right. Right. We get, we go right into the, so like we're feeling some pain and what we want to do to get rid of the pain is we want to get to certainty, which means we're probably going to take the, we're, we're, we're going to take the wrong action. Well, and, likely than not. and what you said about, we're not judging. This is why I find it's good to get an outsider's point of view to, to run it by somebody else to, or, you know, as, as I've, as I've moved up the ranks, more of our staff are coming to me and I am now kind of on the other side of that, of, 
hey guys, it's it's just this. Like that's what it is. And that's the situation we're in. Right. The, this is where the rubber tech the rubber duck test can come in too. The rubber duck test. I don't know if it's called though, I forget. We're basically like let's say there's nobody there to get an outside view. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. explain it to a rubber duck. Explain oh. the situation to a rubber duck. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Cause realize when you're thinking about it, you got a whole bunch of half thoughts to actually talk it. Just just in translate by the way, our our ability to talk comes from our neocortex, not from our reptilian brain. Right. So just translating all of that into words you know, opens up your 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 point of view develops your understanding, brings in that critical thinking. Yep. Right. Now, now here's the thing that happens. The first time you have to do this, it's hard. It takes a, you know, it can take some time. Yeah. But when you train yourself, when you do it again and again and again, it just becomes your go-to. It's like, boom, pause, observe. Right. Right. Now, if you're a fighter pilot or, or you've got a whole bunch of geese that have just been sucked in by both engines and they're no longer functioning, Time is truly of the essence. Right. If you just finished your call with your VP of sales who's yelling about something, is tomorrow really going to make a difference? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and by the way, remember, remember the days when, you know, we forget to change the subject line of an email and it would go out and be like, oh, wait, we jump in and to fix it, we made some other mistake that just yep. made it two to three times worse. Yep. You know they say the crime is never the problem; it's the cover-up, and so and so that's what observe is. It's it it it's a calming element. It's what's really going on here. Do I understand? It's it's a seeking to understand. It's by the way. Here's the other thing too. When you're have you ever been in a really difficult, stressful situation and been able to change your mindset from one of of concern and must solve to one of curiosity? I have. It's taken what impact a lot does that have on your ability to, to navigate? Oh my God. Oh, it's night and day. I mean, right. You go from being um, powerless yep. to powerful, right? It changes yep. the entire scope. So, what a lot of observe is, is approach the situation from a point of curiosity. Yep. Yep. I live this regularly because I have a daughter who has a. a, a hearing issue that's very unique and like anytime something's wrong with her it like we have to stop and say okay well these are the questions i'm gonna ask instead of jumping to worst case scenario which is where you tend to go and you know what i've learned 99.8 percent of the time when something happens the reason that it happened is something you never even considered yep no matter how clear and certain this clearly caused that absolutely yep (laughs) yep so let's let's talk about the second step, Orient, because this is one I think you shared with me that gets skipped frequently. So Orient is the critical thinking, right? Orient is like here. Here's one of the ways that we orient. This is a great orientation um, step in RevOps. What's the problem we're trying to solve here? Yep. What's the real problem we're trying to solve here? Yep. As as you begin to answer those questions, is that a problem? Yeah. Right. Um especially in a highly complex system like we're in, sometimes that orientation stage needs more time, right? Sometimes it's like, you know, living with the problem before you understand it, it's better to live with the problem than to just jump in and start 
here, here, here. You know, th this is one of the things, and I, like I know it's hot and it brings views and algorithms love it. You know, all these, you know, whatever the technology is, this tip comes out, that tip comes out and it's like, hey, wow, look at, that's really cool. And what, and when you see that tip, I mean, you see it, what do you want to do? It's like, hey, we got to do that. Right. It's just a natural, Yeah. you can't, you can't help it. So it's like, okay, well, what is this really? It, you know, you, you should always be, by the way, if you, if you take this mindset on, you're always observing, you're always orienting, what's changed, what's different. By, by the way, the whole thought of, you know, what I talked about from the sales situation, that, that aspect of, has something really changed? Right. What does this mean? What, what hasn't changed? What else yep. is impacted by this? Right. Like that, that's what it is. So now observing you're just trying to get as an objective of you as you possibly can mm -hmm. orientation now you're trying to now you're seeking to understand you're trying to understand what what's really happening here what do we need to do Th this is where the idea of slow is smooth smooth is fast comes from right slow doesn't mean takes a lot of time mm -hmm. slow means it's purposeful you you thought about it yeah but how many times have we you know, something's happened. There is a mass element of, of confusion, concern. You, you jump in and you do something and now you're then, then the next thing. And you know, this is where the whack, you know, this is, and, and you're in whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole, plug in leaks, you plug this leak, another leak comes out, plug this leak, another. Yeah. How, how, how many times, like if you look at the most common project mistake we make is it starts off and we look at it and it's like, Oh, that's, that'll be quick and easy. So we skip the orient phase and, and we even kind of skip the decide phase. We just act. And then before you know it, you go, well, well, wait a second. We've been working on this thing for six months now. This thing's never going to end, right? That, yeah. That's what happens when you skip the orientation phase. By the way, the other thing that happens when you skip orientation, especially when you're dealing with people, is you climb the ladder of inference. Yep. You, 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 you assign a reason and intent for things that are happening. But again, far more often than not are just, are just wrong. Yeah. And remember, it's not what you don't know that hurts you. It's what you think you know that ain't so. Yeah. And I really like, so Boyd described the Orient kind of stage as the scheme of pulling things apart, putting them back together in new com combinations to find how unrelated items, ideas and actions can be related to one another. So I like that idea of thinking about it as pulling it apart and putting it back together. Um, like that, that really resonated with me. Cause that's how I think about things when I'm trying to diagnose and, and, and really, I guess, orient myself. Yeah. And you know, there, there, in, in some of the research we did on this, it, it refers to the decide phase or, or Boyd, Boyd referred to the, to the decide phase phase as, um, the hypothesis stage. I actually think this is where, you know, may, maybe the hypothesis is, is determined in the decide stage, but, but this is the hot. The orient is the hypothesis development stage. It, it, it is convergent thinking. It, it's, it's breaking things apart. It's understanding. It's considering alternative theories. Yep. Right? Um, I forget who it was. I, I can't remember. It was either a podcast or a book. And I think it was a president who they would come together and, you know, there would be some issue. And, and the question, does anyone have a dissenting viewpoint? And mm -hmm. no one would have a dissenting viewpoint. He said, okay. So we're going to put this conversation on pause. And when we have some dissenting viewpoints, 
we'll pick it back up. Where most people would go, oh my God, no one dissents, so we must be right. It's like, well, guess what? If you're dealing with something complicated, if you're dealing with something that matters, and by the way, I've never found a simple thing to be something that actually truly matters. Mm -hmm. uh, then, and there are no dissenting viewpoints, then you do not understand the situation well enough. Right. And, and, and so I think that's where the Orient phase comes in. Okay. What about. We're decide. about to get to my favorite word, my decide. favorite RevOps word. Yeah, I know. I, I, I cannot look at decide the same way since I've met you. For, for no, actually, part. there's a different word that's my favorite word in talking about this stage. Oh, okay. Bayesian. What? Oh, Bayesian. Okay. Okay. Right. What is so, Bayesian you know, for those of us that, that are not about our SAT words? <laughs> so, so, so Bayesian is, is a, it's basically a way of making predictions. It's, it's a process of making predictions where, okay. where the most important element is, is what's called a prior. So, so if I think there's a 2% chance that our email is going to break, yep. our email system is going to break and tomorrow email doesn't go out correctly. Mm -hmm. What do most people do? Most people go, Oh my God, our email broke. We've got to right. go in. There's something. Well, well, wait a second. Yesterday you thought there was a 2% chance right. of that. You now have something that, that's very, very heavily weighted. Yep. That, that must be the problem. Except it's actually very unlikely it's the problem. Right. Remember, there's a million things that could have caused that, right? And so the like, so when you go from 2% to I'm 95% certain, which is how most people act, mm -hmm. that, that's a pretty good sign that you're wrong. It's like, okay, 2%, like almost like the most I can go up is like, you know what I'm going it, to, it's a 5% chance. Right. Right. This, by the way, connects to Occam's razor. The most obvious answer is usually right. 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 But obvious doesn't mean the most recent. Yeah. Right. So, so th this is the, this is the story of, we had that conversation. We thought we were going to close the business. It was a horrible conversation. It was like, holy cow. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, we're never going to get this. We, we, we've got a, it's like, no, nothing changed. That was Bayesian thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, what has actually changed here? What is actually different? Is there an alternative? No, there's not. Do they need that? Yes, they do. Right. All of these things are going in. And while every impulse said change, 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 because we observed, we oriented, it led us to decide that not only are we not going to change, we're going to double down. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we're going to make the point harder or, 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 or even more directly. Um, it's something that, that people, you know, people think I'm anti-AB testing. I mean, just because I make fun of it multiple times per day is no reason to assume that I'm anti the idea. I'm actually very positive. We AB test all the time. Right. Right. Our AB testing is actually called Bayesian AB testing, mm -hmm. which is we do this in this period of time. Now we try this in the next period of time and we compare it to the last period of time. Right. Right. That's not a technical AB test because it's not running parallel. Or at right. least, the, I mean, it is a technical A/B test. It's not the way people think of A/B testing. Mm -hmm. But again, given what we're doing and, and and remembering also what we're looking for is a directional signal, mm -hmm. right? It it allows us to make that decision. By the way, it also allows us to to treat the decision the way the decision needs to be treated to lead to the action, which is okay. We're going to try this, right? Right. And and you ask the question, okay, well, what if it goes wrong? 
Well, it depends what it depends how big we go. Okay. Well, like if we go really big and we stop doing everything else and we just do that, it could destroy the business. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's not. How could we do something without going all in? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we won't really know if it works or not if we don't go all in. Okay. Well, well, what could we do that might let, that might give us the first signal that says, "Hey, we're on to something." Yeah. Right. Which, which then lets us feed to the action. So all of a sudden, what we're able to do is we're able to lower the stakes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Which enables us to act, which then plugs right back into the observe. And by the way, if you if you increase the cycle of those, if you increase the velocity of those cycles, you build momentum. Yeah. You actually move faster. And so by shrinking the decision, which you're able to do with an observe, orient, decide, act approach, mm-hmm. you're you're actually able to experiment more. So so you're technically adding more change. Mm-hmm. But you're creating greater stability. There's less of a feeling of change. Yeah. Right. We start doing products. We have our first product. All of a sudden, like I've gotten four people that have asked me, so what's our go-to-market plan for products? Like, why, why are you asking me that? We, we talked about that two months ago. Yeah. Well, now that we have this, it's like, you're right. Not, nothing's changed. Remember, this is part of what we were going to do. So you know, it's like start- when someone comes to you and says, oh my God, you guys are great. You, you should do X. And you're like, Oh yeah, that would be right. And if I had, I mean, if I had ten cents every time someone told me you should do that, should and do. I did it, I would, I wouldn't ever have to think about entering the lottery. I was going to say I don't know that I would ever be here. I don't know if I would still be here, not ever, but I don't know that I would still be here if you acted that way. <laughs> well, right, but also it's like, yeah, you, know, you you see something that's obvious. It's never as obvious as it seems. Yep. Right. There, there, there's no obvious answer that, that that's the solution to your business problems. Cause, cause if there were business would be a whole hell of a lot easier than it is. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the last stage act. Now you take action. Yeah. But by the way, there is no decision without action. Well, okay. So tell me that because, because what if you don't do anything? Then you didn't decide. What if you decided not do anything? Oh, then the action is nothing. Okay, so that's so, still so an there's action. a difference so between an active still an nothing. action. Okay. Well, there, there's a difference between an active do nothing and a passive do nothing. Mm-hmm. Are you doing nothing because you chose to do nothing? Right? So so your hypothesis is do nothing. Our hypothesis was there's a glitch. Yeah. We're gonna check in 12 hours, right? Yeah. So so what what what's happening in that action is we're now on to the next observe. And and so again, now think about this, Bayesian. So, so this morning, our integration is rock solid. 1% chance of, of the integration being bad. Now we get a big signal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, Will Robinson. We go up to 33%. Yep. Right, which was probably an overreaction. And in hindsight, it definitely was. Yep. But we didn't go up to 100%. Yep. So at 33%, we're like, guys, you got to look in there. Is there anything that we're seeing that's not working? Yep. And if you remember, I'm not seeing anything. I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to dig in deeper. Right. So we were about to double down on digging in deeper. I must like, like, nope. Yep. Even with our overreaction, we're still only on one in three that the problem is the integration. Right. And you remember what I said too, is I'm like, okay, it could have been, it could have been application A that was the problem. It could have been application B that was the problem. It could have been system C that was the problem, or it could have been the connection that we, that we're responsible for between 
B right. and C. Right. Right. As, as, as obvious elements. Right. Yep. And so we pause. So now we're down to 20%. So we're still, so the, the, we're now going through our second loop. The deciders do nothing. We do nothing and we observe. And then we're told, no, it seems to be looking, but we want to know what's going on. Like, okay, well, I'll tell you what, let's wait a day. And if we have this problem arise again, then we'll push it with our contacts to find out what's going on. And in explaining this to the client, I said, the difficulty is if we talk about this problem mm-hmm. and we can't replicate it and like, we're not going to get anywhere. And, and, and that's our first cry of wolf. Right. Right. And, and oh, by the way, you guys like chill. Now they did add an element. They, 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 they did add a fail safe that, that, you know, but again, they went from adding that in an urgent, urgent fashion. To, right. Right. And right. the problem hasn't, you know, yep. by the way, the fail safe hasn't been, been kicked in at all. So again, do nothing in that case was an act. Yeah. All right. Um, did you did you hit on all the points that you wanted to hit on around day to day? Because we talked about RevOps, we talked about client delivery. I didn't know if there was anything else day to day specifically before I share kind of my key takeaways. You tell me, did I miss anything? I, I mean, I think you covered it. I think you hit on everything. Um, so for me, a couple of things that you said that really resonated. The the time rev office is important is when there's no right decision and no wrong decision. I think that's really key. I always think about rev office's jobs is, is to manage and talk about the trade-offs on decisions and, and those two kind of kind of go hand in hand. Um, well, well the, the whole point of trade-offs is the fact that there is no right or right. wrong. There's a choice. Exactly. Exactly. Um, your definition of unique of 80% the same and 20% different. I never thought about it that way. So I, I think we think of unique as being 100% different. And I think that's important to call out because there's similarities even in something that's unique. It, it's similar to other things. Yeah, I, I think that unique, I mean, I do believe unique is unique, which means one of a kind. Right. But but 100% one of a kind. Like, like, what do we talk about as a unique, Star Wars was considered unique for a while. Yeah. Except it's not really unique, it's a Western. Right. What was unique, it was a Western. Western in space. space. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The Sopranos was a unique show. It was a family drama mixed with Godfather. What happens when there's family stress and dad offs people? Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, breaking bad. Right? So so when you look at these things, are, are there times where there's something truly, fully unique? I'm sure there is. Right? Yep. But when it's truly unique, we can't do anything with it. It's going to take us time to, right? But unique is is, is more of a mix. And, and yeah, so... so it's like this yep. business is different from that business, right? In that yep. it's 80% the same and 20% different. Yep. And then the last thing is this process makes you feel like the change is less drastic. So it's it's almost like it gives you that safety because as humans, we're not comfortable with change. So, so the only thing I'm going to say is it should be more than it makes it feel this way. It should reduce it. Okay. Right. Be- because one of the things that ha- like the biggest mistake that gets made and it kills so much potential is we try to change too much too fast. We take too big of a step, right? Consistency is what wins the game. Yeah. I'm sorry. Consistency is what wins championships. Okay. 
at least regular season championships. Once mm-hmm. you, again, once you get into a tournament, it's a different thing. Um, and and stability is what enables people to thrive. And and so there's a whole element of you know transformation isn't done in a step. Transformation is 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 thousands of steps. Yep. Right. It with with four big advances. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's the thousand steps. It's you know there's a great poem that I read about you know snow falling on a tree branch. And then the last snowflake falls and the tree branch breaks. Did the last snowflake break the tree branch? No, it didn't break the tree branch. The billion snowflakes before it. Right. Right. And 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 so that, I mean, that's why we talk about the three zones of execution. That's why we talk about system design. Right? Cuz cuz if we just jump in and we're changing shit and and we don't have that orientation that hypothesis, mm-hmm. well, the next thing that happens, we're just flying further in the dark. Yep. And the thing that scares everybody, the thing that scares a lot of legitimate people about AI, I mean, and I'm not talking about large language models. I'm talking about real machine learning. Mm-hmm. Is that what happens when the program learns more than you know and has made right. decisions that you don't know and now it's malfunctioning? What do you do? Right. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Well, I found this really interesting. Like you said, this concept I hadn't heard of before. It resonated with me when we were talking about it. So I think it was it was good to cover. It definitely applies to to RevOps and yeah, thought it was good. And Jeff. Yes, Doug. Remember, just say no to shitty RevOps. Until next time. And that's a wrap on this episode of the RevOps Show. Observe, orient, decide, and act. When you have a high-stakes situation, remember you can apply this framework as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. We'd also appreciate a review or sharing of the episode. We love reading what you all have to say about the show. And if you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about OODA Loop or about how to apply OODA Loop to your business, email me at hannah at liftenablement.com or hit us up on formerly Twitter, now X at Demand Creator. And until next time, just say no to shitty rev ops.